Do you love chihuahuas? Maybe you're wondering if the chihuahua is the right dog for you. Perhaps you have a training or a behaviour struggle. Barking. Reactivity. Aggression. Toileting in the house. Are you wondering how to socialise your tiny chihuahua puppy? Well, look no further. Here you will find expert opinions, honest views, guest interviews by leading experts in the canine industry and training and behaviour advice by two qualified, experienced and professional dog trainers who specialise in small breeds. I'm Kate and I'm Hayley and this is the Chihuahua Podcast. Welcome back to the Chihuahua Podcast with me Hayley and I'm here Um, with Kate. Yes, (laughs) while here with me we have new year, new intro. New year, new intro. Yeah, we thought we'd thought we'd freshen up um, the intro a little bit and, you know, all of that happy new year, new start stuff. <laughs> yeah, and new intro music as well. We yeah. Jazzed it up a bit. Yeah. So let us know what you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you like our new intro music? <laughs> <laughs> Hope you all had a fantastic Christmas and um, a great start to the new year. We're really happy to be back. I'm actually really excited about this. Me too. And we've got some really nice guests lined up as well. Yes, we have. We've got some amazing guests coming on. We have a kind of a new format, haven't we, coming um, coming on to the podcast as well. So yes. we have um, smaller kind of episodes, shorter episodes, I would say, on, on um, a range of topics. Each week as well, we're going to be providing you things that you can do with your dog as well. So little training tips and hacks that you can try out with your dog, which we will talk about in a in a little bit. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be really good. So today's episode is the war on little dogs. We called it the war on little dogs. And Kate, do you want to start off by sort of explaining why we're going to talk about this and what this war is? Yeah, so... For our UK listeners, you will know that the XL Bully has been banned in the UK. And since that has happened, there has been a lot of backlash on social media, particularly against small breeds. And I have done a bit of a few posts about this Mm. on my socials, of which I've had my own backlash. (laughs) You've had a lot of engagement on that, haven't you? A lot of... um comments (laughs) comments yes I've had comments from both sides of the argument but we just wanted to do a talk about it and that it's not just big dogs versus little dogs each I would say each owner so big dog owners and small dog owners have different challenges with the types of dogs that they have and they both have different responsibilities don't they and I think we're going to go through a few of these things and, and get quite practical on a few things that you can do as a large dog owner or a small dog owner to kind of um, help each other out on walks and all that sort of stuff, because a lot of it is to do with walking your dog. It's a bit of us and them at the moment, isn't it? Depending yeah. on what sort of side you are. And we don't we don't want that. We want people to kind of work together on this. And uh, And I know that small dog owners do. They know the struggle of having a small dog. There's things you've got to be mindful about that big dog owners don't think about. Oh, gosh, absolutely. And vice versa. <laughs> yeah. You've got a barky dog. You've got a barky, barky dog. Welcome to the Chihuahua podcast. <laughs> Should we talk about what, what has been happening on social media, like the sort of content and posts we've been seeing? Why are some of the large breed owners kind of against small dogs or having a go at the small dog owners and vice versa? I know so yeah a lot of the a lot of big dog owners and I want to say I do have I've got people that I know that have got both they've got big dogs and small dogs 
so they're literally in the middle of this argument <laughs> but yeah so what we're seeing is the big dog owner saying small dogs are more aggressive than the, the particularly XL bullies why don't we ban chihuahuas as the thing it seems what? to be particularly chihuahuas <laughs> chihuahuas are getting targeting chihuahuas are getting targeted I think it's because they've got a really bad stereotype, haven't they? When people they think have, of chihuahuas, particularly are being targeted, which is the reason I got involved because I was like, I'm not having this against my breed. <laughs> don't you be talking Absolutely about Absolutely not. Saying, you know, small dog owners don't control their dogs. They let them run around off lead. They let them bark and lunge at other dogs. And my big dog's been attacked by more small dogs than they have big dogs. And I think the problem people have is that they don't take small dogs seriously do they so they don't train them and I agree with that that is a problem it's a it's a huge problem and let's not beat around the bush I don't see many small dogs that have what I would say you know sort of like a foundational training behind them um, when I'm out walking my two would you say that's the case you, you see more dogs um, that are larger um, having that sort of foundation of tr- that training foundation probably because people don't think they need to train their small dogs yeah I think well we we see both don't we we see both big and large dogs well, without, we do. without we do. Of training but yeah probably you do see more small dogs barking and lunging and then you you don't tend to see big dogs doing that as much as you do small dogs I think maybe it's because that a small dog is easier to maneuver around because they're a more practical size and weight okay maybe maybe people with larger dogs put more time and energy and effort into training and think more about training because you know they have a very large animal at the end of that lead and the smaller dogs you you can I mean we don't but if you wanted to you could just hoist up your dog out the way on on its harness or pull it this way or pull it that way by the way you should not do that but you know if you need to get your dog out of the way you just need you just do that if you've got a small dog where if you've got a large dog you can't really do that and it's more dangerous no no I think probably the bigger dog people are the ones that are probably seeking help more with a bigger dog because you just are going to because one it looks scary when a big dog reacts the same way a small dog reacts doesn't it so you're going to seek help for that quicker yeah. whereas you might not think it's a problem with smaller dogs exactly and you you know you, you are going to see uh, if, a, if a large dog bites of course they're going to do more damage aren't they than a than a smaller dog uh, small dog bites can be quite nasty as well and do do damage um, and cause injury but um, you're going to be more kind of thinking more seriously I guess about a large dog doing that yes should we talk about genetics <laughs> Oh God, we're going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, because that's another <laughs> argument that people are saying is it's not the breed, it's how you raise them. But that's yeah. not 100% true. And it, <laughs> a lot of, yes, and the other thing about the, the the latest kind of the in quotation marks war on social media with between large and small dogs is they are saying they are the larger dog people are possibly saying more about the oh it's it's all about how you raise them you're not training them you're not socializing them but that's not quite the case is it no genetics play a big factor in behavior in fact animal behavior is a combination of genetics and environment so you can't say one or the other you know a border collie's going to herd a guarding dog's going to guard <laughs> a terrier is going to bark a terrier's a terrier is going to bark and yeah. a spaniel's going to spaniel <laughs> Yeah, my Terry does a lot of terri- terriering, and and you know, dog small dogs like Chihuahuas are more predisposed to bark 
that, that vocalization aren't they and they are quite a barky breed well, well they in can general, be in general yeah in general however that leads me on to my other post that I did a shout out for the podcast for for our listeners to message in and say what it's like living with their two hours and it varies hugely there's so much variation within a breed isn't there it's very difficult to say what is this breed like because of the variation within the breed like there's some two hours that are less barky some are super chill you know some are more sensitive that was really surprising wasn't it some of the answers it was, that yeah. we got on there it yeah. was it was really lovely actually because a lot of it was positive and and like you say saying how chilled their dogs were or really easily friendly um, easily trained friendly yeah. you know non non barky yeah it was really like lovely to see the number one thing that came up as well was how intelligent they are and how trainable they are yes which was nice i think what i would say to small dog owners is is get serious about training your dog from the get go a yeah, lot of our listeners right. are serious about training. They are, they are. <laughs> but maybe we're not talking to those people. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening people, to this yeah. and you know somebody that's not seriously training their dog, share this podcast with them. Please. Yeah. yeah. Get serious about training your small dogs. There, I yes. said it. Get no. serious about socialising them. And, you know, let's let's level up and get get to get to the same level that the big dog people are I mean I know there are a lot lot of people that listen to this podcast are doing that and they do agility with their chihuahuas and do obedience and all sorts of stuff but let's um yeah let's just get serious training on small dogs and there's there's just so much you can do we can prevent all of this the reactivity and the barking towards any dog so by simply um leveling up with our training and with the reactivity as well I think Small dogs are, are quite prone to reactivity because they have more things that trigger them than big dogs. I think there is a size element to this. Let's just, right, okay, I'm going to be a bit blunt here, but look, if you are 10 inches tall and you suddenly see a German Shepherd walking towards you or walking in your kind of direction, you you may well be thinking, oh my God, that's a predator. Mm. Is it going to eat me? Am I in danger here? Not targeting German Shepherd owners, but that sort of dog with the that sort of prowly way that they move. If you're 10 inches taller, even smaller, and you're on the ground and you can't get away because you're on lead, what are you going to think? You don't know where, where that dog's going to go. Small dog owners have to be aware and, and empathise with their dog in terms of the size and what that dog can see and how they perceive the world and other dogs. I think that's part of the reason that I say that I don't think that tiny toy breeds don't make first time pet first time good dogs because there's that extra consideration of their environment could be more triggering to them which you don't necessarily have to think about with say a golden retriever no you know, i feel like really you can don't. get away with more with some breeds than you can with toy dogs but as long as you're mindful and think oh actually that could be really scary to my dog you're going to be all right it's just yeah. having being considerate of their size I, I I agree, and um, I saw a little tiny dog um, over Christmas. We were it was just after Christmas actually, and we were in a garden centre, <laughs> looking at all the discounted Christmas stuff. Am I crazy? Anyway, um, <laughs> no. looking at all the discounted Christmas stuff. It was a weekday, and people were off work, and so there was quite a few people in there. But there was a couple in there with a, a couple of ladies in there with a, a little Chihuahua, not full breed, but a crossbreed, tiny 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 and I was, going, I was like that's a really cute dog 
but it wasn't quite happy. It wasn't really happy in that environment because it was so tiny that everything was huge. Mm. And it didn't see any an, another dog when I was in there. But it was it kind of was walking through the garden centre and, and it would sort of startle and jump at things that would suddenly appear. And at one yeah. point there was a mirror and it saw itself and it was a, it was a big object and it startled. And I was like, oh, that dog's really not happy in here. Oh. Uh, if it was me, I'd probably pick it up keep it a little bit safer but the ladies were kind of walking along like completely oblivious to what their dog might be feeling and we've talked a lot about that I know in previous episodes but it is really important and of course it's always a big it's always a combination of everything isn't it genetics environment early experiences we don't know do we that particular dog that particular dog we don't know what what socialization that dog has had how much exposure it's had to environments like that should we talk about because I, I have some thoughts on um, as a small dog owner, what a small dog person really needs to focus on. And we're talking we're talking here about large dogs or big dogs, because how many people who are listening have little dogs that do not like large dogs? I bet there's quite a few people. Yeah. And my mind don't mind not keen on them either because of the that sort of or that crossover possibly of like, is that set, is that a predator? Or is that my friend? <laughs> you know, yeah. And the size my, element. Yeah, mine don't like um, really busy dogs. Like they really don't like spaniels. Spaniels are not a good time for them. No, mine don't like Spani- spaniels, and and probably because they they are they're not a large large dog. They're medium, but they are bigger than our Chihuahuas. Yeah. And, and the busyness and unpredictability. Dogs don't like really unpredictability, do they? No. And you're more likely and they know that they could get injured if that dog knocks into them. So, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it, that they don't yeah. like busy dogs like that. But it'd um, be interesting to hear from our listeners as well how many of their how many of the Chihuahua owners out there have dogs that don't like big dogs. Oh, yes. Please tell us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon there's probably quite a few. So can I talk about what I would suggest people do if they have a little dog and how to prevent, go about kind of helping their dog feel better about seeing other dogs? It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, first of all, it's it socialisation. Socialisation is a big one. And, you know, we talk a lot about socialisation. We have a whole episode about socialisation. But being able, when your dog is a puppy, to watch a lot of large dogs walk past, be in the same vicinity. They don't have to meet these large dogs, but looking, you know, observing them, processing processing large dogs walking past, maybe the odd bit of high value food as that dog sort of is approaching or walks past. That's really important. So the first thing I would suggest is get that socialisation correct around dogs initially. Then I would definitely teach your small dog a couple of safety kind of skills teach your dog maybe a safe space trick like middle something like that you know peekaboo or middle where the dog you teach the dog to come in between your legs as a safe space Um, I actually taught Bo to get behind me which is similar so get behind and she will run to me and get behind me and lie down so she's protected Something like that is also really useful. Mm. And the third thing I would do with people who maybe have a dog that is unsure or is fearful and does start to bark at other dogs, make good things happen when your dog sees large dogs. Right. So you would probably want to work with a professional on this, but start making when a large dog appears, make good things happen. And what we mean by good things is usually food. Yeah, usually get, something like 
getting their nose down as well because when they do see something that's scary they they stop using their thinking brain and they just go into fight or flight mm-hmm. so if you can Good point. create distance between the thing that's scary and get their nose down so something really high value food on the floor get their nose down mm-hmm. that's going to help massively isn't it yeah, it's going to help. That's really good point, actually, Kate. So getting the get, yeah, getting distance, first of all. So getting it some distance away from that other dog that you can see or your dog can see and then getting the nose down with some food. That'll do two things or actually probably three things. First of all, that will distract your dog and buy you time for that other dog to pass by. It will reduce arousal levels with your dog as well. So getting the nose down just calm the calm your uh, it reduces the pulse rate, doesn't it? Yeah. Sniffing reduces the pulse rate, so it will do that. Thirdly, it will show that other dog that your dog's sort of like ignoring them. So it will tell that other dog that I've got my head turned away, I've got my nose down sniffing, I'm no threat, I, I'm not bothered about you, please walk on by, kind of thing. So it will kind of it almost like diffuses the tension. Which actually leads nicely on to the big dog owners as well. There's that They can do something similar, can't they? Because So big dog owners, don't let your dogs stare at small dogs. No, this is the big thing, isn't it? I was with a client yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday, a little dachshund, and we were doing some really lovely training in the park. He was doing really well. He started to sort of react to some dogs, but he was doing really well with some of the techniques that we were doing. And we had a, um, I think it was, a, it was a some sort of bully breed. Lovely dog. Nothing against that dog, particular dog. Lovely dog, really friendly, but it wouldn't stop staring. We had start, the start of some barking from the, my client's dog. And I literally had to say to this person, uh, we're training, walk on by, please. Yeah. And we have to get our dog's nose down to the floor and they would just they wouldn't let their dog like walk on by and it was just wanting to play or interact but he was just staring and that caused my client's dog to become quite intimidated movement is another key isn't it because often if you leave dogs stand stationary staring that's where things start to escalate isn't it because one it's not very polite in body in dog communication is it just intense staring and not moving if you can create movement on both sides preferably in opposite directions yeah <laughs> in dog language it's rude it's confrontational it's intimidating so i would definitely for the large breed owners think about how that other dog's perceiving what your dog's doing if your dog's staring or fixating at that other dog get your dog get your dog's head turned around even if it's putting some food on the nose and just luring your dog around, you know, with its nose and just turn your dog's head away or even just drop some food on the floor. Um, and then as soon as possible, if you can just move or get your dog out of the way, you know, just walk on by and teach her this way or, a, you know, like a let's just go. A let's yeah. go. A let's go. Yeah. It's very important that we work together. You know, I agree. <laughs> getting very <laughs> passionate about this now. We're getting on our soapbox I know. but it happens a lot to, to, to us doesn't it it happens a lot to us I my two dogs are really good around other dogs but not if a dog is staring at them I know Chloe's the same like she's really good but if a dog stops and stares at her she doesn't like it there's a great game that we were talking about wasn't it the pattern game that we yes. were talking about before this episode and um, I was actually using it today um, hopefully you're thinking about the same one <laughs> I think so. It's one, two, three, treat on one, three. Two, one, two, three game. 
it's designed really well I use it for moving past triggers moving past dogs getting out of dodge getting out of trouble and it's really really good it is and it's not a it's not a exercise in rewarding good behavior is it it doesn't matter what the dog is doing when you do it it's a game that teaches a dog predictability about what's going to happen next and it's a really good way to get your dog's focus back on you it's it's brilliant it's it's almost like teaching when you're a kid and you you've got your egg and spoon in the egg and spoon race and the teacher or whoever is is waiting with that gun or that um whatever that you're going to use for the three um and they're they're doing ready they're saying ready set go you're waiting for that go right but when they say yeah. ready you're waiting for set when they say set you're waiting for that go and it's like ready set go it's like that's how I think about the one two three game yeah it's like one waiting for two waiting for three but yeah and then treat on three yeah treat on three and the reason it works is because dogs are uh, dogs are capable of recognize of uh, pattern recognition in the things that we say in speech pattern which people I'm sure our listeners have have seen this so uh, there's certain things that you say around your dogs you'll notice they react like if I say shall we go all my dogs are like what where are we going before I've even said anything, like I say walk or beach, they're like, they just know, shall we go means something's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Um, it, mine is, do you wanna? Yeah. If I say, do, do you wanna? Like I'm on like, the you, uh-huh. they're like, uh, uh, yeah, we wanna do whatever you're gonna say. It's usually yeah. like, do you wanna whatever get a chew or, or something like that? Or do you, do you wanna, whatever it may be, you know, it's like, do you wanna? And that's a pattern, like you say, pattern recognition. And that's what this game is. The other phrase that my dogs have is, are you ready? And I treat on ready. But when I say, are you? They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and then ready and let's throw the treat on ready. But they know that are you means that the treat's going to be thrown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like with a one, two, three game, it doesn't have to be one, two, three. It could be bananas, pineapples and apples. And apples, they get a treat, but that's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, I mean, it can be anything. Say how you how do you teach it? How do I teach it? Okay, so I would um, get a load of high value treats mm-hmm. and simply without moving or anything, just say three and feed, three and feed. Do that a lot of times. Okay, yeah. then I add in the two. So two, three. The three, by the way, has to sound different from two and one. So it has to be yeah. like, <laughs> yay, food, you know. So three. Yeah. So two, three. And then I once that's sort of done um, and lots of reps on that, I add in the one. The one. Adding the one and the two doesn't take that long. It's the three we have to really condition. So that's what I do. I use classical conditioning for that. And then by that time, they are just like waiting for that three to hit that for them to hear that three, because that means food. Put it all together. And the three's got the is the classically conditioned um, classically word. Conditioned. The, the one and the two are like, a, are you ready? Are you ready? It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Three. Food. They're like, yeah. Oh. So if you, for example, how this works is if you see a dog the other side of the road, right, um, and the dog's staring or, you know, you want to get away, rather than sort of um, get to the side, get your dog's head down to sniff and wait for that other dog to pass by. If that dog's not moving fast enough or whatever, I just want to get out of trouble. So mm-hmm. I'm like, right, let's go. One two on one 
they're like looking at me like, oh, it's the one, two, three game. On two, they're, we're yes. moving. We are moving on two. And then I will say three and feed and then I'll do it again. So one, two, three. Actually, probably on, on one, I'm moving anyway. It's while you're walking and on the move and the dogs will just be following you, giving you insane focus. You can use it to help with your loose lead walking. You can start yeah. to delay add duration to the dis to the numbers as well can't you so one and then pause and then two and then three you know so you can make it a bit longer so it gives you more time to get out of dodge if you need to yeah absolutely um you can kind of you can play around with it so if you've got a longer way to walk you'll be like one walk 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 walk, walk. two <laughs> three <laughs> So, you know, you don't have to sort of go one, two, three feet, one, two, three feet. As long as they're waiting for that, like, oh, my God, it's coming. They're just going to follow you. But they're going to follow where the three is going to go. And you're the, you're the walking number three. And you know that they've got it, don't you, when they start to respond on one. When yeah. they start to be like, oh, one. One means yeah. two is going to happen. And then two means three is going to happen. <laughs> three is going to happen, yeah. But yeah. it's important. You don't tra start training this on walks. You train this at home in your kitchen when there's nothing going on and then in your lounge and then in your dining room and then your hallway and then take it out into the back garden and then the front garden and then put the lead on and do it in the front garden or whatever you you know just proof it throughout the house and garden and then you take it on walks because um, it has to be really strongly conditioned first and then we can add it in distractions like a person exactly yes yeah, start in low distraction environments as with all training Oh, I'd like to see I would like to see videos of our listeners doing the pattern game. If you have any questions about the pattern game, let us know. If you have any videos, uh, send them um, to the page, Facebook page. Yeah. Put them in the comments below this post for this episode. Good idea. That's a good, good idea. We'd, we'd actually really love to see that. And we wanted to make it a bit more inter interactive this time, didn't we? So. Um, and speaking of our listeners, apparently, so I've had an American listener. The way we say chihuahuas isn't the correct way in America. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I still don't okay. know what the correct way of saying chihuahuas in America is. So to our American listeners, please feel free to audio us how you say chihuahua. The podcast website, which I'll put a link in somewhere, there's a option to send us audio notes to the podcast. So I would like to hear from our American listeners on how you say Chihuahua. <laughs> is it is it Chihuahua? And we say Chihuahua. Have we got I more A's so. in our the way we say it? Yeah, I think ours is more Wawa. Wow. America's is slightly different. I don't know. But I do like hearing from my international listeners because there's a couple of other things. Like, I think in one episode we talked about the high street and they don't say that in America. Oh, what's so, the equivalent to high street? I don't know. American listeners, what what do you call the high street? Main street? Is it main street? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe the main street. And this has gone off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. OK, we'd like to we'd like to hear what your... Um, Americanisms. Yeah, we want to hear the Americanisms. Oh, and another thing that I would like to add is that there, there's no shame in picking your small dogs up. Preferably you've trained a pickup cue, though, which I'm not going to get into. But if you want to know more about how to do that, contact us. <laughs> and we can help you. No. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no shame in picking up your small no. dogs. 
I would I mean we pick up our dogs don't we when mm-hmm. when safe to do so when um, yeah they're yeah. all trained on a pickup queue though yeah I know yours are as well yeah and I I've done that um uh, in stages with Kiri especially uh, yeah. she's not she's not a fan of that well actually Bo's not but but yeah it has to be a, anything you do with your dogs really should be conditioned or trained ideally um yes we're not going to go I'm not going to go into people picking their dogs up in this episode but that's a that's an episode in itself I think <laughs> okay <laughs> right shall we shall I wrap it up you can Okay, well, that wraps it up for this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye.